Hi, I'm Jennifer Janish, owner of Adored Salon and Adored Signature Hand-Tied Hair Extensions. I'm obsessed with curly hair. I cut it, style it, and extend it, and this podcast is all about my curly girl obsessions that stretch far beyond just curly hair. Hey you, it's me, Jennifer, from the Curly Girls Obsessions podcast today, and um, so I'm in Chicago, and it's a Saturday afternoon. It's totally gloomy and chilly, which is great for me to get work done because then I don't feel guilty that I'm not sitting outside. And I'm in my daughter's room. This is seems to be, if I'm not in the salon, this is the best place to record a podcast because it's away from the rest of my house. It's almost like her own little apartment. That piece of hair is just sticking out and driving me nuts there. So let's cover that up. <laughs> Anyways, if you listened last week and the week before, you listened to a two-part episode with Weedad. And if you didn't listen to it, you really should go listen to it because Weedad is the creator of Weedad hair products and a curly hair cutting and styling technique that we use at the salon I own. And we also use it to some extent in the education that I teach to other stylists about our curly extensions, which as you could tell, I sport them. Our curly extensions are my own personal line of curly haired extend naturally curly haired extensions they are not permed and they're sourced from india and the backstory on my hair extensions you can find an episode about curly hair extensions that i recorded a couple weeks ago and so now moving into today and talking about weedad and how impactful those podcasts are. So not only are we talking with someone I absolutely idolize because she has been a great mentor to me for literally the past 15 years on and off. Um, I mean, on always every aspect, learning initially the method and the product line and teaching myself along the way, and then meeting up with her at various times throughout the last 15 years to discuss curly hair and the curly world, what is changing, what is, you know, because in hair, everything is always changing, I guess, just in general, in life, right? Everything is always changing. So why wouldn't it change in hair? And changes in the products and just, I mean, there's so much with her. So the two podcasts talk about her life, her journey, how she started as an immigrant from Lebanon to the United States, her story with her and her husband and how they decided that a hair salon was their future and how it evolved into an extremely successful brand that she created all these products for specifically catering to curly hair when even still today as much as I would like to say that curly hair is 100% accepted I feel like at times I mean we're still seeing 
a lot of people blow out their curls and create those beach waves with hot tools because that's pretty much what we see in the social norm and what we see a lot on runways. As far as runways go, I guess there's also a lot of like over the top big hair, but we're never really seeing curls that are separated, defined, and frizz-free there. And on social media, curly hair is really a big thing. Curly hair salons are really a big thing, but it's not the majority of your feed if you're watching stylist. The majority of your feed, if you're watching stylist, is like I said, blown out with hot tool waves. So in a sense, even though she started in the early 80s with her brand and pioneering it, we're now 2023 and I still feel like we're pioneering this curly girl movement or curly hair movement, not to specifically say towards curly girls, but to this state where we would love it to be the absolute norm, we're still not there because people are straightening their hair like crazy and breaking it off and creating all these problems for themselves when if they just embraced it, the sky would be the limit for them, right? Like, I mean, I remember going through high school and junior high, more so junior high, hating my hair because I didn't fit in and I wasn't like everybody else. So I would try to brush it out. I would try to Oh my gosh, the things I did to my hair. Now, when I actually think about it, at that time, there was this thing called the wall, the mall bangs that we're in. And because of how thick my hair was, my mall bangs were pretty on point. But we used to take a curling iron and smooth out the curl in my hair. I would hold the curling iron. I would spray it with Aquanet hairspray, which was an aerosol and totally crazy to think with this heat tool, I'm spraying this aerosol can in it and holding it. Now we're probably holding it for at least a minute and then we're hitting it with a blow dryer to dry the lacquer of hairspray that I just sprayed into my hair to get it to stand up so high. I would probably say that my bangs were at least a good hand off of my head, if not more. <laughs> and it was a solid wall because my hair is so thick, you couldn't see through it. So I really did master the art of mall bangs, but I also wanted to fit in with everybody else at that time, because that was my age then. And um, it just it's still like, it just resonates with me so much how society norm is always just to fit in, right? But the people who always just fit in are never the people who are making the big changes, right? This quote that I heard the other day was, successful people are doing the things that unsuccessful people are not. And that means not fitting in, right? So Weida definitely did not just fit in. She created the mold. <laughs> and I'm telling you, like, she invented this amazing technique and amazing wet line to support the technique. 
and she built a curly empire. She helped curls become accepted in a world where they were not there looked down on. And we discuss all of that throughout that podcast. So if you want to listen to an industry icon and me talk, <laughs> go back to part one of the Weedod podcast and listen to that and then listen to part two. There's so much information in those two. We talked for two hours and it's so good. It's so good. So that brings me to my speech today or my talk. It's not a speech. I guess it's a talk. So when we ask for people to send us requests on podcasts, they, you can send it through email. We send out an email with our salon. It's like a weekly newsletter. We send out an email through my extension line. Again, it's like a weekly newsletter with tips and tricks about curly hair extensions, curly hair, blah, blah, blah. All the things about hair extensions and curly hair. And you know, sometimes we hit on straight hair topics too, because in the salon, we do straight hair. The extension line also carries straight hair because we cater to all different types of textures with the extensions. It's just that our extensions are from India and go through a lot less processes than other extensions. So the quality of our extensions is kind of through the roof. That's what really makes our hair different. But anyways, in those emails are the opportunity to send me an email with topics that you would like me to cover because there's a lot to talk about, right? When you call your podcast, the Curly Girls Obsessions, there's a lot of things that I obsess over. But because I have that kind of personality, sometimes it takes me a long time to sit back and realize what all those things are and how I could make them a topic on here to be able to discuss. So I do look forward to suggestions. So the top suggestion that I have been getting is how do you get so much shit done? Um, if you listen to my first episode, you know or if you follow me on social, or if you just know me in general, you know I'm married. I have a husband. We've been high school sweethearts. So together since I was 15 and I'm 48 now. So actually more than half of my life I have been with Brad and I have four children with him, ages 22 down to 14. We have a dog, two cats, um, a home. I own two businesses, actually three. So the hair salon, the hair extension line, and then education to other stylists about curly hair extensions. At least that's where it is right now. Next year, my plan for this education is to really take it a lot farther. I um, recently had one-on-one -on -one meetings with my team. And whenever we do one-on-one -on -one meetings, it's always about goal setting, what they want, what they need help from me with, what I need help from them with for things with me and things that like what it is that they want to do. Sometimes we even talk about personal life outside of the salon because I also believe that that's a super important, important component to being successful. 
is that you're enjoying your life outside of the salon as well as your life inside of the salon. But as a hairstylist, you're constantly on. Uh, you cannot go to the grocery store without seeing a client. You cannot go to an event as a hairstylist, typically if your hair is done and your makeup is on without someone stopping you. And because they take notice that you take pride in your work and they're like, oh my gosh, your hair looks so amazing. So I've got to make sure that my hair is always done because that kind of a compliment will give me the opportunity to hand out my business card and generate more clients for my businesses. I don't go out though, just in general to generate business, but it's just something that happens naturally and fluidly with me. So these are all these things that go on in my life. And these are the things that tend to push me forward. So when I am thinking of what's going to happen next year, it always depends on the season of my life. Some years, I'm just getting by and getting through, right? And it it might appear that I'm getting a lot done, but a lot of the time when that I'm in that state of just getting by and getting through, it's like I'm doing the same things that I've always done and I can do them without thinking to get by, right? But this year, I've had so many changes in my career in my personal life, like in January, I started working out with a personal trainer. And the first week that I started working out with her, I started working out with her three days a week. And then I was like, you know, if I'm not with her five days a week, I'm just going to sit on this couch at this time on my butt and do nothing. I may as well work out with her five days a week and get the results that I want, right? So I started doing that. I get up at 5 a.m. And the reason why I get up at 5 a.m. and don't go to the gym till 6 a.m. is because I like to ease into my day. I like a morning routine. And I start out with that morning routine. I love a good cup of coffee. It's usually like when I'm upstairs and I get out of bed, all I'm thinking about is that really good cup of coffee on my way, you know, to drink my coffee and ease into my day. I know it sounds very regimented, but if you're regimented, that's how you thrive, right? And so I also changed my working hours. I stopped working at night starting January 4th too. And I cut down my night hours for 33 years. I worked three and sometimes four nights a week until 9, 10, 30 at night as a hairstylist behind the chair. And I would work 12 to 14 hours behind the chair. And honestly, I do think that that profession is part of how I can conceive getting so many things done and how I have drive because you're multitasking when you're doing that job. You're maintaining sometimes three and four clients at a time while you're working late like that. And it is putting your body through the hustle and grind of, I don't even know what to call it. Like, I'm not saying that it's healthy when you're a hairstylist and that's how you work because 
clearly after 33 years, I'm like, something needs to change. And, um, but you really figure out how to work efficiently and how to get done what you need to get done in your blocks of time that you have those clients scheduled. So I stopped working nights. I still work during the day. My clients still complain. They tell me that I have one client walked in last week. And as we're walking from the front to the back and probably five clients heard this too, she said to me, you know, your hours are really shitty. I had to take off a day of work to come in to see you. And I had to start cracking up because she took off the day of work to come in to see me. And I'm sure she worked before she came and I'm sure she was going to work at home after she came, but that's how amazing a really good hairstylist is who can perfectly. So here's the thing. I took away that stuff at night to create opportunities for growth for myself. I knew I needed a change, right? But I didn't know what that change was. I just knew that something needed to change. And that something was, I needed to actually have the time to think about what it was that was gonna change, okay? So I heard this other quote last week or a couple of weeks ago, but it is so stuck with me. It was about eagles. And if you listen to another podcast of mine titled Eagles and Hummingbirds, you know how near and dear to my heart an eagle is. It just, it, it you got to listen to the podcast. I'm not going to go into what it's all about, but it is really a good, powerful conversation about something that had happened in my life. And now I always think of the eagle right? So an eagle is a bird that flies the highest out of all birds. It can soar to 10 to 15,000 feet above sea level, whereas an average bird is only going to fly 500 feet in the air. If it has the assistance of prevailing winds, and this is only some of those birds that can fly to 500 feet, with the assistance of prevailing winds, it can fly like two to 5,000 feet, maybe. But eagles, they're just on a whole nother level of their own. Nobody, there's not another bird out there that can touch them because they are flying at the highest level possible. And honestly, I don't wanna be flying as a bird that's only five, flying 500 feet above sea level, I wanna be the one that's flying 10 to 15,000 feet above because I just do. Like, I, doesn't that just sound like amazing? But in order to get to 10 to 15,000 above, you're gonna have to put in the work. It isn't just gonna come because you want it to, right? So what does that mean? It means being regimented in your day. And now I know you're going to click this podcast off because you're like, I hate regimented and it sounds boring. I'm here to tell you 
that it's not boring and it's how you get done the shit that you need to get done. And it's how you get the things that you want in life is being regimented and holding yourself to a schedule. Now, you could be regimented and hold yourself to a schedule five days a week and take the weekends off if need be, right? But as I said before, in hair world, like you're never off. No matter where you go, somebody's gonna know you. Somebody's gonna ask you about your hair. And so, for instance, walking through the grocery store with my four children, if my hair is on par, my makeup's on par, and my kids are in the cart and someone's ticking me off and I'm screaming at them, and then someone passes me up because I look like a raging maniac, it's not going to be to my benefit. So there again, you're never off. I really do believe that being regimented and scheduled seven days a week is pretty much how shit gets done in life. Now, do I take a nap on the weekends when I'm not working? Yes, I do. But I love to take a nap. And honestly, when I take a nap, usually it's for 25 minutes. I set the timer on my phone and I get to work. Like I'm like, okay, sleep. I talk myself into it. I fall asleep. And this is the craziest thing. I can fall dead asleep. And I usually will wake up before the alarm goes off because my body knows that routine. Again, it's just because it's something that I've done over and over and over and over. It takes preparation in order to get to that scheduled life, right? So we're discussing how to get things done and regimented and scheduling, being regimented and scheduling. So you have to have preparation. You have to be able to have action to develop and sharpen those tasks. You have to have the ability to prepare and think mentally over and over what it is that you're going to achieve. What is it that you want? These are all the things that help you think about the life that it is that you want to live, that help you think about the project that you want to achieve and finish, right? Like you can think about it. It's one thing, but you need to take the steps to prepare and have the ability to think forward in order to finish the tasks. What is it going to take? Everything starts with your mindset. I like to start with a clear mind in the morning, also part of waking up at 5 a.m. I like to do a 10-minute meditation, 10 minutes, and sometimes I can do it while laying in bed, like I'll set my alarm for 5 a.m. and then I take the next 10 minutes and I do a thoughtful meditation about how my day is going to lay out. I see myself getting up, enjoying the coffee, going to work out, lifting the weights. And I also see in my mind, the progress within my body from lifting weights and walking on the treadmill at the end, cooling down, getting ready for work, going into work, having a positive mindset within the salon, being able to talk to clients with ease and go over everything that needs to be done. What am I eating throughout the day? I always meal prep 
for the day. And I think about what dinner is going to come at the end of the day. I think about how my night is going to go. And I think about how I'll need to prepare throughout the day for each next step to happen. And I know you guys are seeing me look down a little, a lot. I have extensive notes today because I really didn't want to forget every, anything. And everything starts with mindset. If you are not mentally ready, you will never be physically prepared. So if you think back to the description that I gave you about that morning meditation while laying in bed between 5 a.m. and 5, 10 a.m., I am thinking mentally about the steps that I'm going to take throughout the day to set myself up for success because everybody's life is a little grueling, <laughs> mentally or physically, right? I know a lot of us, now can work from home and you're sitting a lot. You're not walking around much. But if you mentally prepare between five, if, if you mentally, I'm not going to say between 5 a.m. and 5, 10 a.m. because not everybody wakes up then. But if you mentally give yourself a prepared way of thinking to get through the day, the first 10 minutes you're up and you can see yourself visually accomplishing those tasks. And if you're sitting at your desk throughout the day, maybe one of the things that you actually see yourself doing is putting on your coat and taking a walk outside or getting on your treadmill or whatever else you've got going on in your house that can help you with exercise. But honestly, getting outside is always going to be the best bet out of any exercise equipment because you're going to get the benefit of vitamin D and fresh air. And let me tell you, there is something about walking around on the earth that gives you a, a ton of energy. Like you can test this one out for yourself. My chiropractor told me about it and you take off your shoes and you just go stand in that grass in the morning or wherever you are, like if you don't have the ability to get on some grass on the ground, not, you know, not in a high rise up by your pool with fake grass, but down on the ground and get your feet on the ground, you will pull energy from the earth. I know that sounds hooky, but just try it and tell me how you feel afterwards. I'm going to tell you that you're going to feel great. Start your morning out with that mindset meditation and visualize where you will go throughout your day. And I can tell you nine times out of 10, it's going to help you big time. And scheduling your day, writing out your actual schedule, it is going to help you. So now you're laying in bed, you're thinking of these things, right? And you're in the dark. And I know, I know at that time of day, a lot of us can struggle with the negativity that resides between our two ears. But we have to be the stronger one to get rid of it. So raise your hand if sometimes you cannot control that state of mind. And it is very hard to be driven in the direction in which you want to go. You need to prove to yourself first that you will get there. You need to, you need to take the emotions that you are feeling. And sometimes when you wake up, it could be fear, doubt, compassion, hatred, sorrow, excellence, excuses, right? And I would say 
probably the excuses are going to outweigh so much of that. Excuses and fear and anxiety. Um, a lot of the time when I wake up in the morning, I used to feel this energy of like <gasps> just extreme scared for the rest of the day to happen. And it was not a great way to wake up, <laughs> but it it definitely came from outside sources that I was letting invade my mind, right? Like if I could control my mind, I can control what happens throughout the day. For the most part, there is monkey wrenches that invade, but for the most part, you can control your mindset. And if you are able to get out of bed and get yourself past fear, anxiety, and excuses, you can achieve the things that you want to achieve in a day. In order to become that eagle flying high, you really do have to let go of fear, anxiety, and excuses. Are you going to have anxiety when you're up there? 100%, but you need to learn how to use it to your advantage. Fear, 100%, but you need to look through it and get your ass to the other side. Fear is a great motivator to get things done too, because fear of what happens if I don't do this sometimes is greater than fear of what happens if I do this. And I like to think of things in that respect because I know that I'm going to disappoint someone if I don't get the thing done that I think I'm supposed to get done, be it it might be myself because I put it on myself or someone else who's asked me to do something. And something that I really value as a person is follow through and commitment. If you say you're going to do something, you, you do it. To get something done, you go and you, you do it because you made an appointment to get it done. These are things that create the best possible outcome is follow through and commitment. So if you use the fear to help you through, if you take the anxiety and you know that it's only going to last for a short amount of time, it'll help you get through the fear. If you remove the excuses, because honestly, excuses, they do nothing for us. They really and truly do. They only hold us back and they're created in our own mind. So you're really not controlling your mindset if you allow the excuses to enter in and take away the thing that you're trying to get done. It's just not going to work. You need to let go of excuses. So if you find yourself saying, I'm just gonna, or what's another word where I think I will do this. Just and I think are not, I am, and I am. <laughs> I am doing this and I am doing this is what gets things done. Not I just, or I think. Just and think give you opportunities to have the option to not do it. It's like the open door to not get stuff done right? We know that. It, it's like, I'm just gonna, or I think I'm gonna, no, no, you just do it. And, you know, I'm not stealing that from Nike. <laughs> I'm just saying it because it's honest to God. It's, it's the thing, like 
if you don't just do it, it isn't going to happen. And if you wait around for someone else to just do it for you, it's really not going to happen. And if it happens, it's totally not going to feel good because you didn't do it yourself, right? You didn't take on the task that you wanted to do in the first place. You let it slide or you slacked and somebody else picked up the broken pieces or that somebody didn't pick up the broken pieces. And now you're still like 10 steps behind where you were in the first place. So you need to just freaking get it done. Okay. That's how you get shit done. You just do it. So many times in my podcast, you're, you'll hear me say, I typically jump feet first and think about it later. And the reason is, is I have found in my life, if I were to think too hard about something, I could talk myself right out of it. And it doesn't happen often because I just, I don't like to talk myself out of something that I want to get done. And if you think about it too long, yeah, you will think of all the hard parts of it. You know what though? Getting through those hard parts are what make you a really strong person. They make you, you know, let's just say those hard parts are down here and you want to build this structure right? And here you're thinking of all these hard parts. Well, if all those hard parts come together and create the strongest foundation, your structure can be as big as you want it to be. Really, the sky is the limit. There is no limit if the foundation is so strong. So take all the hard work and create your foundation with it. You have to think that that those hard pieces, the hard things that you don't want to do, are creating the strongest outcome possible. Back to me talking about like what next year looks like for me. One of the things that I really and truly wanna do at this stage is give back to the community of stylists. Everything that I, well, I, I would love to say everything, but we, it's, well, who knows? Actually, the sky's the limit, just like I said. But I would like to give back, right? And so we have distributors in our area. And they span across the US. They're in other countries and stuff. And these distributors are the people that sell hair products to hairstylists. Color, foils, perms, um, curling irons, wet lines. I mean, you name it. It's the beauty industry mecca, right? And so they host these shows every, well, it comes to our area once a year. And I started thinking about these shows and I was like, listen, so much of a hair show is fluff. Hairstylists love the glam of the world, right? Like they love beautiful hair. They love great purses, beautiful shoes. They want the red bottoms, but most can only afford the Walmart Blue Special because they treat their lives like hobbyists and they're not putting 100% into like their career, right? So they're treating it when I say like a hobbyist, it's that they're doing what it takes to get by and they want to live like their clients live, but they're doing it on a dime. And it comes from this weird thing in the hair world. And it's almost like shameful if you have a career as a hairstylist and you're doing it to make money. 
I can tell you, my friends, my family, I mean, nobody in my world is void of this probably, but I have gotten that it's just a haircut. It's just a trim. Do you have to charge me for a cut? Um, I'm your friend. Like, can, can you just do this on your day off? And it's like, would I ask you to perform HR on your day off? <laughs> would I ask you to, you know, if you're an architect, draw a building on your day off? Like, even though I said in the beginning, like you're always on in the hair world because people see you out and about, you're not always on the clock, right? Like you're not always working. And if you learn how to treat your business like a business, a, your career, like a business as a hairstylist, you might be on glamorously at the grocery store, but you're not cutting hair at the grocery store, right? So teaching the hair world about this concept in some respects is totally foreign. And so many of the hair shows are just there to show the fluff of the hair, right? Like the glitter and unicorns jumping off the hair, this tool, that tool, this board to paint your balayage on, these gorgeous foils, like a box of Reynolds foils for 500 that we split in half and make into a thousand are like $30, right? But if you would like the foils with the streaks of lightning and gold on it, you could pay $45 for a hundred and, and stylists buy this stuff. And they can't afford to buy this stuff because they're not charging the prices to warrant buying this stuff. So I am making it my mission this year. I want to get into these shows. I want to talk. I want to give back. I want to teach the things that I've learned. Be it business building, how to rebuild a salon after the world shuts down and all hell breaks loose. Um, how to style curly hair because like God knows that I know how to do that but not a lot of stylists know how to do it um and motivate I want to motivate these stylists to just feel good and learn how to feel good throughout that 12 to 14 hour day when they feel like their ship is sinking and <laughs> They're losing their mind and they're surviving on coffee just to get through. Like, I want to give back to them and teach them really strong bases on how to perform really well throughout the day, how to make the most amount of money for their career, and how not to cave into the hobbyist lifestyle of discounting everybody under the sun because they are your family or they are your friends. Like, it's a business at the end of the day. Okay, so what does that entail? What does that entail? Getting into the show. First of all, it's figuring out how to make the connection to get into the show, and then once you figure out who the connection is, you got to get them to respond to you, right? Okay, so this scenario, I asked my distributor to help me. The person who comes into the salon, I'm like, I know you can help make this happen for me. I need to get in contact with the right people. I need to get my face in the right spot because I want to do this. I want to speak on a stage. I want to educate about how to really build a clientele really, really well. 
I want to talk about salon ownership. I can talk about curly styling. I could talk about building your business. I could talk about pretty much anything in the hair industry at this point, because I've been doing it for 33 years. Like it's been a really long time. So it took a couple of weeks, but we figured out who the top of the chain was and we emailed her and we emailed her. And now this is the really hard part, right? Like my brain is soaring with these like these emotions that we discussed earlier, fear, anxiety, excuses. Um, I'm having so much self-doubt. I even said to my distributor, do you think she heard from someone else that I'm kind of crazy or something? And he's like, okay, really knock it off. Like, stop it. She's just not responding to us. <laughs> and this went on for three weeks, but the key here is I was letting my sales rep do that work for me. I let him, I asked him to be the one to get in contact with the right person. And then I, then he said, I will email her for you. Right. And I was sitting there one day at my kitchen counter, totally freaking out in my head because I wanted to do this. And finally I'm like, Jen, what is wrong with you? You have her email. You freaking email her. Like it's going to be so much more impactful coming from you than it is from someone just saying that you follow through with shit, right? So I'm eating breakfast. I start to sweat. The emotions come over me, right? I'm like, I'm starting a mini panic attack and I talk myself down and I'm like, just pick up your damn phone and get this message out to her because you're in the moment, you're feeling the feeling like you're gonna convey it properly. Just get it done, just do it, right? Pick up my phone, I send the email and honestly, I was kind of scared hitting the send button because. I really talked myself up in this email. And as you all know, like we can be confident people all we want, but then when it comes to talking yourself up, sometimes that fear enters in and you got to look past it and you got to walk through it. And you got to remember what it is that you are great at. At the end of the day, that's it. Like, what am I great at? What do, what do I excel at? And why would this be important for this company to include me, who they don't even know, into their curriculum? So I took my shot. I wrote the email. It probably took me five minutes. I did spell check because I do suck at spelling. And my grammar's not the greatest, but then I thought, Maybe she should just learn this now if it's, I didn't put it into Grammarly or anything like that. I sent the email. This is three weeks of not hearing or getting a response from probably six to nine emails that were sent to her. Can you just raise your hand if you think you know the response time on this email? It was two minutes and 24 seconds. I got a response. This sounds great, Jennifer. I'm excited to talk to you. When are you available? 
Now, that was the moment that I really did almost throw up <laughs> because now you're like, oh, okay, I planted the seed. I started, I started the excavation for the foundation, right? Like, and now I'm going to have to perform, right? I, I could say it in the email and now I got to perform. This is the hard work, right? So I respond back. We were supposed to talk at 1230. Some things fell through the cracks and I didn't hear from her back. I sent another email, like where was the communication breakdown? What happened? I didn't hear from you. Now I'm really depleted, right? Like my emotions were up here and now I haven't heard from her. Okay, if you can even believe this, it went on for another two more weeks. And thankfully, my sales rep was in a meeting with her on Zoom and like 50 other coworkers. And he put in the chat box, hey there, did you ever respond back to my client who purchases from us about her potentially speaking at the shows? Okay, so now she had to respond, right? So he messages me through his phone and he's like, listen, I just put this in the chat box. I don't know what you're doing. I'm having a call with her in five minutes. Are you going to be available? Now I'm at work and I'm about to start a client. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm about to start my client. That's my fear speaking and my anxiety right now. I'm like, okay, this is getting really real. And, and now what, now what, now what? Now, what is you better take that freaking call, Jennifer, because the odds of you getting on the phone with her again are going to be slim to none. Okay. Just put in the AirPods, take the call. You know how to style curly hair. That's what you got up. And it just is what it is. This is what something that you want to get done. So I spoke with her on the phone, super nice and apologized for the lack of response, but then told me, are you ready for it? that I needed a one sheet of paper that told that tells about me and every topic that I could teach on. I hate, I hated high school research. I hated writing papers. I still hate writing papers, okay? I hate it. It's not my thing. But guess what? It was about to be my thing if I wanted to get to this next level, right? So that Sunday, which was just last Sunday, I spent three hours in the Canva app, which I've become very accustomed to. I can work my way through that app really well. And I created a resume for myself. So it looked pretty amazing. It's out there. I sent it and then I didn't get a response. So I had her cell phone number from our emails because she told me to put it in my phone so that it would recognize it as a contact when she called me that day when she really didn't call me. But now I'm like, you know what? Let's let's add another layer of hard things to that foundation. And I texted her and I said, hey there, so-and-so, did you get my email with my resume for the show? She didn't respond right away. So then 12 hours later, I messaged her again. And this time I messaged her 
the up arrows to my message. So I'm kind of relentless. I'm a little bit obsessive. Like, I just think there again, like, if you're going to take the time to tell me that you think this would be a great opportunity, then take the time to respond to me and follow through. And she did say within five minutes, she did respond to the arrows and told me, thank you for the text message. I will be looking at this as soon as I get home. Okay. So all those things were super hard, but if I didn't do it, I'm never going to see the results that I want to see. Right. And in order to achieve what I want to achieve with that show, this is the stepping stone that I got across in order to get to the other side. This person has to know what my desire is, what my belief is, and what my passion is, and how bad I want to do this. Without that, she's definitely not going to pick me because clearly you have to be relentless with someone like that. And unfortunately, even though she lacks in response, she is the holder of all the cards of that show. So I have to continue on and I will be texting her Monday morning because I'm already just start, I'm already starting to line up classes throughout next year for education that's on my own for the extension line, which is a whole nother aspect of something that I'm pushing myself further with in 2020. But here again, it's going to come back to that eagle eye, that eagle eye bird's view from above the big picture, the whole thing, right? Recognizing that there are these emotions that are going to come into play that quite potentially could stop you from getting from A to B or B to C, D, and then to finally to Z, right? And if you don't take that bird's eye view on the project that it is that you want to achieve and you see all the things that could potentially become um, something that gets in the way, it's also very hard to figure out how to get further, right? So again, soar with the eagle in order to see the full picture, right? And then the details start to come, the small details, the writing of the resume, the texting, like being relentless on what it is that you see for your future. You have to be. If you want to work out five days a week, you got to be relentless on getting up and getting your ass to the gym on time so that you actually do it. And sometimes it does mean hiring a personal trainer, someone to keep you accountable for the actions in which you want to achieve. And I don't know about you, but if I'm paying someone, my butt is showing up there because I'm not missing out on wasting that money because she's going to get paid if I'm there or not. Like she gets paid up front for the whole month. So you better be there. So you get to choose which of those emotions you take along with you on the ride for the day when you're setting your intention in the morning, right? If you get up and you do that 10 minute meditation and you see it through, this is how things are gonna get done. Of course, like sending the email, there's gonna be those things that come in that you have to grasp and you have to learn how to react quickly, right? Um, 
again, it goes back to thinking too much about something. You're going to talk yourself out of it. Honestly, it's just better to jump feet first a lot in business and think about it later. That's one of those situations where it was like, if I didn't take over at the wheel, somebody else was going to drive me and who knows where we would have ended up, right? I know where I want to go. I'm the only person who knows where I want that car to go. So I got to take control of it. And you got to get past your feelings and you got to choose your options with your mindset. You got to make sure that your mind is that healthy mind, right? You got to make sure that that is front and center. You got to do everything to prepare so well mentally so that your outcome is what you want it to be on the other side. Nothing great is going to come without adversity and pain tolerance. I just explained to you all the things, all the feelings that went on in that situation in order to get myself to be front and center in front of this person that runs those shows, right? And that's just one aspect of the things that go on in a day, right? That opportunity to experience that kind of chaos happens to me a lot. And I think it happens a lot because I'm not afraid to walk away from it, right? I said it in the beginning, you look fear in the face and you walk through it. You give yourself 30 seconds, 60 seconds, or 90 seconds to be upset about something. And you know it, that cut up, boom, you're done. You're moving forward and it's over with. If you need to push yourself through it, you need to push yourself through it. And it just is the way of the ego mindset and getting the bird's eye view in order to see the big picture to work on the details. So now this comes into my life in the salon, right? And the topic of this podcast. So often, I think that I'm having an appointment with a client to do a curly haircut and style or a set of extensions. And I get asked the minute that they sit in the chair, they probably follow me on social media. They see what goes on in my story. They know like the, the things that go on in my life. And I get asked that question. How do you get so much done? How did you do this? How did you create that? And a lot of the time, at least in the beginning, when I would be asked this, I would, I would get bashful and I would be like, what are you talking about? Because I was so busy going through the motions of getting things done, I never even realized what I had actually accomplished as a person, as a stylist, as a salon owner, as a extension line owner, as an educator, um, my fear of talking in front of people, how I overcame that. And that's a really good story too. I think I'm going to save that for a whole nother podcast because it's kind of like the Eagles and Hummingbirds story. It's pretty spiritual. And, um, but it's those little things that I've done that I never even recognized until clients started saying this to me. And it was happening at such an alarming rate that I, I couldn't not recognize it. I really had to... I had to take a step back and just absorb it and accept 
that they were looking up to this situation and all these opportunities that I have taken on and that have given my life options for growth. So I do have to say, again, like I am a bit obsessive. It's me, right? I wouldn't have named this podcast The Curly Girl's Obsessions if I wasn't. But that obsessiveness is not a bad thing. It helps me get through everything that I want to do, right? So like, I don't just get interested in something. And I think that that also helps me through. Like, I don't just say, oh yeah, I'm interested in learning more about that. And then I walk away from it. I actually learn about it. And I take in those details. I have notebooks all over my house with stuff written in them. If I listen to a podcast and I find information that's amazing, I just write it down. Like, Anywhere you look in my kitchen, you're going to find a notebook with some like business strategy or uh, quotes that I've heard that I was like, cut that one is so good. In my notes section in my phone, you could scroll for days. The topic of the note is called love yourself. And it just is just every random quote that I've heard. Well, it's not every, because like I said, they're written down in notebooks in my kitchen and in my cabinets, on my desk, in this note section. And I really start to research things, whatever it is that I'm passionate about. I want to learn everything there is to learn about it right away. And nothing is left on the table. Like I literally do the research. I'm just not interested in the small things. I want the big picture. And then I want to learn the details of how it is a possibility, right? So being just interested, it's not going to get you anywhere. Being obsessive about it is is what's going to show results, right? So that's where these talks would go, would be for me to say like, okay, well, this was happening. It caused me to rethink this and brought me to this point where I started researching X, Y, and Z about whatever it was to the point where I'm so invested, I can only move forward. I can only move forward. And my brain has me in this state where it's like, you're already there. You're thinking about opening up a salon, but you've already opened it because within 12 hours of thinking of opening my salon, I was standing in front of the building by my house that I knew was vacant and would be a perfect salon for me and work well because it was only three blocks from my house and my children were little and they could get there very easily or I could get to them very easily. Like, I know that's a mouthful. I just said a ton right there, but that's how it, that's how it tends to work for me. And I think it's because I've trained my brain to work like this. The bird's eye view of the big picture set the foundation with the hard stuff and build the strongest structure you can imagine, right? And from that strongest structure, things are gonna jut out over here and over here and over here. And some might have taller floors and layers than others, almost similar to like the Sears Tower, right? Like that is, that's perfect because some things only go so high, 
right? You invest, you invest, you invest, and it stops at this layer. But then there's other things that come up in here that you go over here and you invest and you invest and you invest and it gets to here. And then within this tier brings on other ideas that you invest, you invest, you invest, you invest, you invest, and it gets way higher than you ever even thought imaginable because you keep putting in the work. And that's what I mean when I say invest, like it's the work that it takes to do it. And it will give you ideas for other things along the way. And be it that it grows the current idea that much further, or if it takes the current idea to a point and then you have no other choice but to create another thing to make it go that much further, you see how it works? The strong foundation of all the hard things and becoming obsessive and not just being interested allows you to go to the extra floor the extra mile, the extra push-up, the extra sit-up. It allows you to think about what you're going to eat for the day in order to produce the results within your body that you want to get for tomorrow, right? It's just how it works. And it's so easy to crack the code, but it takes relentless time and energy. And honestly, the minute that you stop, you're going to get bored. If you're used to thinking like that, you're going to get bored. You got to keep pushing forward. So I think of the details. There was this book that I read. Um, okay. So I read the secret probably 15 years ago, 16 years ago. I think everybody knows what the secret is, right? And um, it was a great book. I did get halfway through and when I found out what the secret was to the secret, I did throw the book at the wall because of the state of my life at that time. And I was not the most happiest person, but it did make me think about how to achieve greater things, right? And then I became secret obsessed. Again, obsessed, there's that word. And I started following the writer. And then I got her emails, right? And one of the emails was about the book that inspired her to write the secret and I'm like oh this this is going to be good because if it's deeper than the secret I want to know what it is and the book was called the master key system this book was written in 1912 by a man named Charles Hannell and this is what I'm going to tell you about these fine details and becoming obsessive I loved this book this book is so good that it scared people so much in 1912 that it was actually pulled off the shelves and it was burned, right? It was taken out of production. And it's because, well, I think it's because he was so past his time with his thinking that it scared everyone. He took science and spiritual spirituality, I cannot say that right today, and he put them together. And when you read the book, you will understand why you can't have one without the other. You just can't. I, I, that statement might irritate people, might make you mad, but honestly, you cannot have science if you are not spiritual, if you are spiritual, you understand the ability to have full 
faith and belief in something in order to make it happen. Science is theories, right? Like they think of things and they think that it can happen, but they also have to have faith in order for it to happen. So you have to mix them, right? So this book, The Master Key System, super deep, 24 chapters, one chapter a week. Each chapter is only three to five pages long, but it's so in-depth. Literally, I had to look up words <laughs> and I have notes all over it about what things mean and how they work. And it really makes your brain think. My favorite chapter, my favorite, first of all, let's say that it teaches you how to really control your mind. It teaches you meditation. That is in the beginning. It really teaches you how to focus and think your thoughts and meditate. I know this podcast is going so deep, but these are the things that I obsess about, right? And if you're listening to this because you want motivation, this is going to give you motivation. Trust me. So it teaches you how to control your mind. It teaches you how to meditate. And he does it in such an interesting way. You can't help but learn it because it's a system and it's obtainable. And then it progresses, progresses. And it talks about business. And this chapter that was my favorite, well, there was two chapters that were my favorite. One was about the human body and red blood cells and white blood cells and how they work like an army to heal things. And it's like, you will never look at the human body the same again after you read that chapter, because you will find that it is so true. This little army that works inside of you to keep things running right, right? Like, and it just does it, you don't even realize it, but it's the power of your brain that keeps it all moving, right? So if your brain is strong enough to keep you breathing and producing things to fix, like you gash open your arm, the blood cells rush there to help heal it immediately, right? And like, I know that's totally off topic, but it's so freaking interesting. It talks about nature always being in abundance, right? Like the law of attraction, nature is never lacking, right? There's always stuff there to replenish nature. There's always food for the animals. There's always, the grass always grows. The sun always shines. I mean, it's, it's so interesting and intricate how he explains these things. And he starts out with those, and then we get to the business part. And he talks about a submarine ship and how it's created. This, again, is the bird's eye view and how the details fall into place. The bird's eye view is you see this massive submarine ship, right? It's, it's not underwater, so you can view it, right? And it's massive massive or we could take this to it quite it could have been like a navy ship for aircraft so that's above ground right so you can think of that one even a little bit better but if you've ever been anywhere and seen one of these like it's so big you're thinking to yourself how in the hell is that thing actually floating on the water and not sinking right so he tells you to think backwards from the big picture down to, you know, you see this ship, it's massive, there's airplanes on it, there's, you know, fighter jets, and then there's 
um, you know, like there's the control tower that tells them when they can come and go. And then you start going under the layers and there's the bedrooms, there's training areas, classrooms, there's a cafeteria, there's places where they eat and there's multiple, right? Because hundreds of men live on that ship in the middle of the ocean for months. And then there's like storage containers for food and all these things. There's doctors, there's chefs, there's, you know, there's even scissors because they need their hair cut out there. <laughs> like all these little things, right? And that's just seeing the physical ship. But then it takes you all the way to thinking like this actually first originated with the fact that it was a thought and then it was brought to Congress with a bill and it had to get approved and signed, right? So if you think of all the steps from the ship that's floating with everything perfectly in place, ready to launch off into the sea for months, all the way back down to it being a thought on a piece of paper that someone wants to create to strengthen our army. And then it has to go to Congress. Like it's it's a ton, it's a ton of time, right? And there's obviously a lot of people in there making those steps happen, but they all have to do it synergistically. They all have to agree and they all have to work together to make this thing happen. And then you think of it from the bill getting signed in Congress to the steel being produced, heated up, molded, all of those things in order to make it happen. It's just the way it is. Like that's how it happens. And honestly, that's how it happens in real life too. You have to put your brain through that thought process to achieve things. You've got to have that bird's eye view and you've got to work on the details. Even if the details are not something you want to do, you have to iron them out in order to make that big picture happen and get things done. So what does it take to do that? Well, one, you got to schedule your time efficiently. You've got to have time to be able to write down what it is that you want to do. You got to start your day out with that meditation or some kind of thought process about how your day is going to go. Maybe you have it works best for you to sit there and work it through your planner the night before. And then it helps you to wake up fresh and you're not having anxiety or fear about the day that's ahead of you. You're able to see it through super easy because you've got your plan. But you have to figure out the best way to take pen to paper and take what's in your mind and put it on the piece of paper in order to make it happen. That will help you tremendously. But you got to think of the bird's eye view, the details, and you got to do the hard work to create the strong foundation in order to build and invest on those ideas and make them grow. I know it sounds crazy but I'm a really busy person and I end up getting a lot of things done. I write it down, I schedule and I follow through and there's really nothing left over in time for the unessentials then. Because you can be a really busy person getting busy work done, but not seeing results. 
And that's not what you want. And that's how a lot of us focus. And that's why I get asked that, like, how do you get so much done? Because I prepare mentally and physically for the day. First thing out of the gate in the morning, if you work out and you work out early, you are putting your body through a tremendous amount of stress early on. And I really believe that it is the the hard things first, the foundation for the strongest structure. If you put yourself through those hard things, through those hard things, first thing in the morning, everything else can seem simple. Even when it's super challenging, you will be able to figure it out so much easier. Um, I'm looking at my notes, calm the mind. I think I've repeated it so many times. Um, helping to break it down into bite-sized pieces. That's also the details, right? And sometimes it helps to do like those old bubble grids that we did in, in school. Do you remember the circle? Like you had your main idea and then all the other things. And sometimes you'd have your main idea and it would have this circle over here that was another idea. And this circle had three other circles that were around it. And maybe one of those circles had four ideas that were around that. I like to do that. I always go back to that old school thing too, because it does help me in a creative mindset, be able to, again, see the bird's eye view, the eagle view of what's happening. If I can put all those circles on a piece of paper and write it out, and then I'm like, okay, what am I going to tackle next? And the other part about tackling each detail is when you see all these things on this piece of paper, first you break it down into areas of importance and give yourself a timeline. If you put a date that this project needs to be completed on, it will be done by then because you know that you have to get it done. It keeps things organized. I really think that it's like the roadmap to success. You have your goal, three things in order to get it done, like if, if that also helps you, like breaking down this bird's eye view, let's just say here, here's one of the goals in order to get there. You have three things to do to support it. And then you have your end date of when it's all going to get done. And that will help you obtain that as a reality so much faster. 100%. Um, and you want to also learn how to master the execution. What does that mean? You want to learn how to stay consistent, stay regimented, and stay scheduled. Again, I know it sounds boring, but that is how you see results with anything. Like when you eat good, you feel good, and then you fall off, and then you eat like crap, and then you feel like crap, and then you're like, I need to go back to being regimented. I need to eat this much protein in a day. I need to eat this much carbs in a day. I need to eat this much fat in a day, and I can't eat X, Y, or Z because I'll get really sick, and it just doesn't work for me, and you get back on that train, and you're like, this feels so good. Why did I ever let myself fall off? The same thing in work, in life, in any other area, it's mastering the execution, mastering how you're going to get it done, talk to the right people, research the right things. And honestly, Google is an amazing tool for you to use in executing so many things and learning how to research, how to get there. It always surprises me. I was a mentor in a class at the high school it was called Incubator. It was similar to Shark Tank. 
And I'm talking to young kids, like 15, 16 years old. And I'm always thinking that they're one step ahead of me, right? But not necessarily so. They'd be like, well, I don't know how to find the answer. I'm like, well, did you Google it? And they would look at me like I had 10 heads. I'm like, you guys, pretty much everything you need to figure out is in Google. You will be able to find it. And now with the ability of AI, and I know there's a lot of controversy on AI because we are growing the mind of it by the millisecond, right? But it is really smart. And you could, let's just talk about food again. Go to your fridge, type five things you have in your fridge into a AI and be like, tell me what to make for dinner. Tell me five things that I can make for dinner with these five ingredients and it'll do it for you. And not that I'm like, you know, I, I don't agree with having things do things for you because you never really learn. But if you use it as a tool to assist you to help get you further and you're not cheating on a test and you're not cheating on a paper, it's you can use it for your best interest. And when I say not cheating, like we all know that if we don't do the proper research and we don't read through the answers and we don't absorb it and learn it, we're really not getting further ahead. <sighs> And then, above all, I think you all know what I'm just going to say. Just do it. Just get it done. There is no excuses. You are the only one who's holding yourself back from achieving whatever it is that you want to achieve. You have to put one foot in front of the other and go after what you want like it's your last meal in life. Otherwise, you won't do it. Stop making excuses and just get it done. Figure out when you work the best. Do you work the best on tasks like this in the morning? Do you have to get up at five or do you have to get up at four and sit in the quietness of your house to do whatever it is that you want to get done? Is it that you work better after 4 p.m. with 10 cups of coffee? Okay, well, that's when you set some time aside. If you can set aside an hour a day to achieve one thing, you will get it done so fast. And everybody has an hour. Stop scrolling, stop liking and commenting on Instagram, and go get your job done. So I hope this was helpful. I hope that um, I made sense. Always after I do one of these podcasts, I am like, did I make sense? Did I repeat myself too much? Did I not repeat myself enough? But it is what it is. Go back and listen to it again. Take notes, get a notebook, put it in your phone. Um, but I hope that helps you achieve the next thing you want to get done. And I hope that answers the questions of everybody who wrote in and asked me, how do I get so much shit done? <laughs> I just do it. Thank you for listening. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. I hope this helped you. Please, please follow me on social media at Jennifer underscore Johnson underscore Janish. Or my salon is Adored Salon, all one word, or Adored underscore signature underscore hand tied underscore hair is my extension line. And if there is a topic you would like me to cover, you can sign up for an email list at adoredsalon.com or adoredhairextensions.com and get on our email list. 
and um, receive our emails and see what's going on in this curly world that I live in. Thank you so much for coming. And I hope you've enjoyed this. And next week, next week is another big icon in the industry. I cannot wait to have her on. I'm so excited. I interviewed her and Weedad in the same week. And it was so overwhelming for me. I think I had to take like a three hour nap the next day, like taking in all their information, all their energy. It excited me so much. So next week, we'll be sharing that one with you and stay tuned. Please give us a rating or a review and follow us so you get updates and see you soon.